0: Was when Matt McDonald uh, had that party, and we were watching the Tennessee Florida game, and then we oh, made bet. yeah 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 we made the bet. We were like, yeah, uh, it's gonna be a shootout. So every time uh, Florida doesn't score, I'll take a shot. And you're like, every time Tennessee doesn't score, I'll take a shot. It was like zero zero going into the fourth quarter, and then yeah, yeah,
1: great that times. was like one of the
0: craziest days. So, great, I great know,
2: times. I didn't know it got humid in North Carolina. Because I had to start different than everything else.
1: No, that's what I, I thought it was. You get hot and no, I was humid, bro. Like, you go outside. Luckily, being from Florida, like, it's kind of somewhat preparing me for when we run outside because some kids are just like, This is terrible.
2: It's not like that in uh, in uh, in Massachusetts. Wait, that's where Harvard's at, Massachusetts,
1: right? Yeah, Cambridge, Massachusetts. I mean, like, it's kind of humid up there because it's like right on the body of water, but not nearly like this. It's not the same. No, not the same, but it's yeah. Like, how
2: were uh, how were the summers up there though? Because I mean, I can only imagine the winters were brutal.
1: So I only spent one summer actually on Harvard's campus because, like, when it comes to, like football stuff, they don't like subsidize housing like for you and stuff. So like, you would have to get like either an internship that pay for your living, or you would have to be like a resident tutor or something like that for like a summer program. So by one summer I had up there, it was it was really hot. Like, bro, it would touch like a hundred sometimes. Like, yeah. it would literally be like Florida heat, but yeah. like it's just for a shorter period. So even, so you're full with, so
2: if you're at Harvard as well, where there's not like summer workouts or like summer programs
1: or like like this, this, there is, but it's the living is on your own. So it's like, if you were to do some workouts, you have to find somewhere to live and pay for it somehow.
2: No way. And that's because you're not on athletic scholarship, right?
1: Yeah. I'd assume so. Like that's the only reason to think
2: think about, but like now at at Duke, they're, they're helping you out with everything.
1: Yeah, no, like they uh like summer stipends, like they have me in this apartment, which is really nice. I think I'm gonna live here for the fall too. That's crazy. So we just had Julian
2: on uh yesterday, actually. And he was talking about that too. And he's like, there's a lot of things that like because he wrestles at Cornell, which is Ivy League as well. He's like, We're division one because but since we're Ivy League, we don't get the full like division one love that like most
1: No, not at all. You.
2: Yeah, and you I'm assuming you felt that as well at Harvard.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I would say. The talent is easily Division One. Like I've played with some of like the freakiest athletes, but it's like, there's no one really pays attention to it. Like you don't get the funding, all that stuff. So you're really just like, I would say they treat you like a glorified club sport. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, it's like you're still putting in all the work that you would see at like any other major school, but just with like less resources. I mean, I feel like a lot of FCS and defense, Division Two like schools can like attest to that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I was, like, like, the coaching staff at Harvard and all that stuff, they give you everything you can ask for within their power. Like, they try to give you all the resources need be to make you the best way you can be,
0: though. Yeah. that's What, what was, like, the college environment for games, like, at, like at Harvard compared to, like – well, I guess you haven't played at Duke yet, but, like, what was it like like compared to high school, i say? Um, definitely more people in high school because, like, as Grayson
1: knows, like, Jesuit didn't hold too many people, like – tc games are always fun too but like i, mean, you I would say uh, some big
2: games though like there was definitely in your high school career some big games where there's like sold out stadiums yeah the american heritage, game, that the was heritage a games the tc game you know like i yeah, think i don't know if you played against ccc but they those games are pretty big too
1: yeah i would say like at harvard we had a couple really big games i was the harvard yale game like we yeah. played in finn with my freshman year that was crazy um, my last two years when I played them, those were sold out in the Yale Bowl, like fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 people. And then that um, Brown will play like a couple, like those are big games. So they're Friday night games. So I have like 22,000 people. It's so, like, they're really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's it, was that? the Harvard Yale dude. That's crazy.
2: Cause like, that's something that's like, it's kind of like Jesuit TC an aspect where like, it doesn't matter how good those teams, how good Harvard or Yale is that year. It doesn't matter anything. It's like, Anybody can be anybody, and it's always sold out. It's on TV. Like that's a huge deal. What was it like, you know, being able to be a part of its history? It's historic. What was it like to be part of like, yeah. that rivalry?
1: Bro, it was crazy. I would say, like, I don't think you understand, like, in it, how many people are actually investing until you once you finish. You're like, oh, like people's grandparents care about this. Like, this is like do or die for like people who are only investing in Ivy League sports. And like, I would say I've played in like. Easily three like the most memorable. Like one but the first time ever in Fenway, that was, like I said, electric. Like the whole stadium sold out. Red Sox just won the World Series that year. And then like um <clears throat> like my sophomore year, the one where like there's a went to double overtime. There's like since the protest, we were playing. Yeah, Denver. that's
2: what I wanted. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up with you. What what that did, was that happened there?
1: Um, so Harvard and Yale students, mostly Harvard students, were trying to get Harvard to divest in fossil fuels. And so if you know like Harvard is pretty much a large corporation, whereas they invest their money all across like different assets and sectors to like really make sure their endowment is growing at like a solid rate, however many forever years, right. So they're, I guess, investing some things that a lot of students think were controversial that would um, like, mal- like affect the earth in a poor way. So they thought the best way to do that would be demonstrate during halftime of a Harvard Yale. Um, So that was that. So, like, kids jumped on the field. Like, a lot of them were were like, Yeah, they were like, they had like letters painted on them and stuff, too, right? So, that's the thing. Like, a lot of them were doing it, but then, like, probably half of them were just drunk students that wanted to be on the field that didn't know what was going on. Yeah, for sure.
2: They saw that those kids kids got on the field. They're like, Oh, we're going on the field, too. Yeah, that's that. I remember that being a huge issue. And I remember, I I don't
1: know if it was exactly like we were in the locker room and they're like, Yo, people around the field, and we're like, What?
0: Yeah, can you guys hear me? I think. You hear me, Grayson? Yeah, you hear me? Yeah. Nelly. Nelly, no, kind of like. Let's go real back. Uh, back
2: step. Just a second. So those kids ran on the field to protest the fossil fuels. You were saying?
1: Yeah, divesting fossil fuels. And then like it just
2: blew out of proportion because once some kids started seeing they could get on the field, all the kids wanted to run and get on the field.
1: Yeah, so like we were in the locker room for like an hour and fifteen minutes. It was crazy. This is at
2: halftime too, right?
1: Yeah, so like we we're there's probably like five, six minutes before we we're supposed to go back out. Maybe ten, and then we ended up being there for another hour and fifteen minutes.
2: That would suck because I feel like you get cold and you have to like re warm up your entire body.
1: No, yeah, we were also winning at halftime, so like I feel like we definitely had like a good flow going the game, and then like at that point it was just a whole new game in the second half. Like it was just a restart your whole vibe, everything. So it was definitely threw off the flow of the game.
2: Wasn't there? Um, yeah. it, I, this wasn't like a controversy, but I don't remember if it was while you were there. It was like right before. It was definitely recent um, that like the Harvard fans trolled the Yale fans, or maybe vice versa, and like they held up. For yeah, time. that was
1: that was before I got there. They, <laughs> yeah, I think it was Harvard sucks something like that. They like given out, they dressed up, gave out all these posters, like panels, They're like hold things. it up
2: when it says to hold it up, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, that was that's
0: funny. I mean, like regardless, mm-hmm. that's hilarious. Yeah. What did, back to that game though, where the protests came on the field, did y'all like find out yourselves as players? Or, like did the coaches have to like tell y'all like, Hey, we can't go back out because there's a protest going on. And and what did they kind of like do to keep y'all in the game? Cause like, that's like completely out of nowhere. Like you don't really know how to prepare for that.
1: I like, I remember like we had
0: people like, cause
1: you can walk back out like at halftime, like before it gets like, we're like right about to go outside, so, like people walk out, we hear like clamoring and like stuff like that. And like, they would tell us, yo, some people are on the field. I think the coaches or someone came in and told us, like, we were all like, what are you talking about? So then we started going out a little bit and looking, and, like, you just see a bunch of people on the field. And so at that point, like, you try to stay locked in, but, like, after an hour and 15 minutes, like, the coach can only say so much. You're just sitting there, like, twiddling your thumbs, waiting, like, hey, like, security's got them off the field. Like, you can play football again. So it's just, like, talking about the game so far. Like, and you're just kind of sitting around. Like, there's only so much you can, like, really do to lock in for that long and like especially like something you've never seen before like i've never heard of kids rushing a field to protest yeah. like yeah. what social issues and like in the middle of the biggest game of the year so i was like really confused
2: yeah dude i feel like that that's just like so hard to like get your mindset back into it because like halftime you kind of like crash a little and you re-warm up and you wake back up and now you're doing like a whole hour over an hour i feel like i would just be slumped like all the lactic acid build up <laughs> i would just be like donnie want to go back on the field
1: and then on top of that, it's like you're really trying to figure out like what's going on in the situation, like why are they out there? What are they doing out there? Like how are they getting me off the field? Like can we help do this? Like so, there's a bunch of like bullshit kind of like cloud in the air. So it was really, really annoying. And
2: regardless though, regardless of your opinion, like all of our opinions on the topic, what what they did drew attention to what they wanted. So I mean, you got to no hundred percent. Like, like I
1: think it was definitely effective. It just sucks that it was at my expense, but <laughs> yeah. it's bigger than me. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But
2: uh, Nelson, let's back up a little. So we were just talking about, um, you know, before we started some of your scholarships and stuff. So I was looking through your your twenty four seven. Everyone that doesn't know Nelson played at Tampa Jesuit, three year varsity starter, was definitely one of the most impactful players in the field every single time he stepped on the field. Um, and you really went through a I don't I don't know how to call it a transition or maybe just like growing up. But like your your freshman, the sophomore year, your sophomore to junior senior year was like a completely different nelson like you just became a monster and uh before we start talking about like the college and stuff what was it that like really changed you and like like do you think it was just growing up or you think like you started understanding the grind like what was it that made you make that jump like i'm not saying you were bad freshman year but i'm just saying that i felt like your sophomore to junior senior year was just like wow like it was lights out like you were the best kid on the field every time you touched the field definitely puberty, bro, like,
1: I came in, like, five seven, five eight, my freshman year, like, I just really liked football, like, definitely wasn't the most athletic person, like, my sophomore year, I, like, grew up to, like, 5'11", like, lie, said I said was six foot, but, like, 5'11", 215, and then, like, my junior, like, going into my junior like, I did, like, the same work, as I worked out with um, Coach Sherman, great trainer in the Florida, Tampa area, like, shout out to him, so I would do those two days, like, sophomore, summer, stuff like that, and just, like, Growing up eating more, then I got up to like about six two, six one and a half. And then like I think I played my junior like 230. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like I just just kept working on stuff like that. So I think like the work ethic was definitely there for my sophomore senior, like consistently, but it was more like my body became more and more like accustomed to playing football and definitely got up to par with the position I played. And I definitely think that helps my production on the field.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. So did you play football before you got to high school at all? Or did you start, like, once you got to high school? No, I've played since I was a
1: kid. Like, um, I played, like, pretty much every position growing up. Like, when I got to, like, Little League, I got – obviously, I blew up a little bit. So, like, I definitely started playing, like, the O-line interior type stuff. Tragic, then, like, baby. Yeah, since then, I was like, yo, this is really fun. Like, less running, big lifestyle, like, you need whatever. So, like, that was definitely the vibe when I was in Little League. So, I just kind of stuck on the
0: line. Now, were you TBYFL or Pop Warner? TBYFL. Carroll Cardinals. Dude, let's say –
2: We're going to bring yeah. it up to you because we had to bring it up to Bentley. The TBYFL versus Pop Warner debate, okay? There's been a lot of heat talking about who produces better players and who does better. I want to hear from someone that played TBYFL.
1: TBYFL. Better players than TBYFL. Like, I don't – I think – I just think there's – like, from, from my knowledge, like, I played against kids that are now in the NFL. Like, all, all these guys, there's athletes, like – Kendrick played T.U.I.F.L., Travell, Malik. I mean, I know Ray McLeod also played. how had to play them. I played so – I'm to play against, like, all these, like, great athletes, and I'm just, like, an underwhelming child. So it was, like – so I played all those guys. And I'm like, I personally think T.U.I.F.L., but, you know, people may I'm biased. Well, you know it's gone now, right? You
2: know it's, the league doesn't exist anymore.
1: Really? Yeah, because there, um, there
2: was a shooting last year at the at one of the games. I want to say it was a Raiders game. Don't oh my On that, but they the league disbanded. There's no more DBFL.
1: So it's out now. It's all taught like pop Warner.
2: Yeah, now it's all Pop Warner. I mean, I'm assuming there's going to be like a. I mean, obviously, I don't. I'm not following youth football in Tampa, but <laughs> if something came up and they tried to take the spot of it, or you know, there's just too much yeah. talent there to just not. You can't have one organization in Tampa. There's just too many kids playing football.
1: It just yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you just need like way more teams, so yeah, it wouldn't work. But I do
2: think uh, all my. I would say the majority of my friends growing up, played TBYFL. Um, I, I don't really know if there's a huge difference. I played in the Berkeley private school league. So I, I'm not one to talk about like difficulty, but I mean, I feel like if you, if you're playing football in
1: Florida and you're good, they're going to find you regardless. Like, I'm just, yeah. I mean, like, I think I'm, I'm just like messing around, but like I have all these leagues have such great talent. It's like, there's just so many kids that are in Tampa, Florida area that are just like great at sports. So it's like, there's there's gems in every league, every league that you're gonna look
2: at. Yeah. So now, like I said, going off from that, looking over uh, your offers, so you had a lot. You had ba- virtually almost every single Ivy League school gave you a scholarship. You know, you had a lot of Ivys. You had a couple of the military academies through some scholarships, um, and you had like some very solid group of five schools. But your only uh, Power Five, if I'm not mistaken, was Washington State. Yeah. So when you were going through your recruitment process. Talk us a little bit what it was like, you know, knowing. And I always, I always said this about you too. I was like, if I feel like the eye test was one reason why you didn't get some of the bigger offers because you were too short or anything in that aspect. But talk us what it was like going through that recruitment process of, you know, maybe not getting the offers you thought you deserved, or maybe even getting these Ivy Leagues that opened your mind. What was what was your whole recruitment process like in high school? Uh,
1: I mean, it was it was real weird. because, Like personally, like I didn't. I've always wanted to play in the LFO since I was, like, a kid, but, like, ever since I got to high school, freshman, sophomore, junior, like, everyone's, like, oh, you're too short, you're too short. So, like, I didn't even have any, like, expectations, like, I'd get big offers or even, like, be able to continue in college, like, I would love to. So, like, I always worked really hard to, like, just do the best I could, and then junior actually started getting offers to school, and I was, like, this is mind-boggling, like, it's great I get the opportunity. So, it was, like, I never really felt like, oh, I deserve these offers, because, like, like I said, like, everyone's always like, you're too short to do this. You're too short to do that. You're not fast enough, all this stuff. So it's like, I would say I was really happy with all the offers I got. Um, Washington State was really tough not to go to, especially with travel going there. So I was like, I really thought about going there with my mom. and Like, parents didn't want me, like, on the opposite corner I guess, of the country. That is like, the farthest
2: place you could have gone.
1: Exactly. So, like, my mom was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, none of my family would ever be able to see me because I have no family on the West Coast and then on top of that, like, my mom's a huge um, advocate for education. Like, no went to Notre Dame, went to Penn Wharton. Like, so she's education first. She doesn't really know too, too much about football, but, like, she tries her best. So, like, she was really sold on the Ivy League schools. And my dad was more across. Like, he was um, one of the of guys, like, go where you feel, like, welcomed and go where you want. Like, I know football is your dream, so do what you think would be best for that. So a combination of both, I was, like, If the NFL is gonna come calling, they're gonna come call like they can call me from anywhere. So it's like, why not choose like going to like a school like Harvard? It's like the recruiting process, like I said, was a wild ride. It was like crazy to think schools would pay for me to go there. And then like on top of that, like I mean, you meet so many cool people in there too. Like I met so many kids that are all across the country just due to like, oh, we have all from there
0: too, like just talk about the school and stuff like that. So I don't know, thanks sure. kid, <laughs> sorry, yeah. So, how many kids at Harvard were like from Florida? Like when you first went there, like did you have anyone well, I, up there that went with you originally?
1: There's a solid amount,
0: right? I mean, when I
1: went, I was the only kid in my class from Florida. No, you really, did
2: football yeah. in your football class?
1: Yeah, football. Yeah, you know
2: i I know kids because okay. Leo Tarantino went there for wrestling in an Yeah. Game. Yeah. I
1: met Leo a couple of times. Really cool kid. Um, but the year before, actually, the quarterback from American Heritage was our safety, Jason Brown. So that was a fun, fun reunion. He's definitely like... You wanted to smack him so hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my boy. That's my boy. He, he was definitely one of the guys to help me get through, like, my first year at Harvard and the transition getting there, which was really tough. But, like, he was he was a great uh, great resource. But, like, ever since I left, I mean, after my freshman year, we started bringing more more, like, Florida kids, like Charlie Dean, uh, you already know, Tampa Catholic, Tampa boy. Then you have um, Kirk Castillo from St. Thomas Aquinas. And then we have a couple guys from um, the Orlando area. Like, yeah. So we I think we're up to, like, maybe nine well, since the other guys left, maybe like six now.
2: Now, so you're talking about, you know, weren't getting the huge, the giant offers. You didn't really have a familiarity or comfortability with anybody at Harvard. So was it purely a- academics? Or, like, what, what really drew Anthony Nelson to wanting to wear crimson and, and playing for Harvard? I would say, like, Both, because I mean,
1: like, I had seen some guys that play in the Ivy League, and like, if you're a Tampa fan, you know that like Cameron Break went there. You know Ryan Fitzpatrick went there. Like, there's like a lot of guys that go from these schools, and I'm like, if I want to have the best of both, I know that they have like a very good program. They've always put out like great players. Like, hints of guys I've seen while I'm there. Like, you have great talent there. So I really feel like it was the best of both worlds. And on top of that, they did a great job recruiting. Like the guy who recruited me, Anthony Facillo, Coach Facillo, shout out him. He was a great recruiter, super dope dude. And then getting on campus, like I think the team did a great job of like bringing in the recruits and showing them like, yo, this is a family. Like we really want you here. And like you're gonna feel at home regardless. So I felt it was like definitely like a personal level when you get to like the, um, the school, not really like a factory of like, all right, bring
0: kids in, you're dispensable, put them out. Yeah, so, you you talked about uh, some kids helping you through, like, your transition year, your first year at Harvard. What would you say was, like, the most difficult part of the transition? Was it just, like, a homesick thing or just, like, a comfortability Dude, thing, like Grayson said? School. Like, you just get thrown in. Like, you
1: get up there. Like, you don't really get there over summer, so you get up there in the beginning of August. You move in. You pick your classes. You figure it out. And you just go straight into season, like preseason camp. So it's, like, it's kind of a whirlwind. You're like, all right, like I have to figure out well, what do I want to do. Like, these classes aren't just, like, required. Do I want to go on this path maybe of a major? And then you're like, all right, I have to get ready for practice. And then anybody who's ever played football knows preseason camp is hell. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it was just a lot.
2: That's really weird. So you're not even there. Because I feel like, say, you went to Duke your freshman year. You would have been up there in the summer working with the team all summer, living the team all summer. And then you yeah. preseason would have kind of flowed in. Versus mm-hmm. now it's a lot more, like, independent work with everybody and then you come together as a unit right before season starts. How was that? Cause even like in high school, there was still an aspect of team working in the summer before preseason.
1: Yeah, no, it's just like you get admitted and then you really do come up like prior to, I don't know why or the reason for that. Like, I don't know if it's like an FCS thing, or like an Ivy league thing, mm-hmm. but it's like, once you get up there, like you just kind of get thrown in. So it's like, you really got to learn on the fly and all that stuff. No, so I, I really feel like it would help for the transition for a lot of people if, like, kids could be up all over summer. Because, like, as you see, like, like or, like, as you said, like, you definitely need some type of cohesion before going in. Now,
2: that, speaking on transition, like Zach said, of life, what was the biggest transition for you football-wise from, like, high school to, to college or to Division One college? What was, like, the biggest thing that you were like, wow, I, I didn't realize I need to work on that more. Or I didn't realize this is so important at this level.
1: Staying healthy. Like, that's like the name of the game. Like, make sure you do everything to your body to make sure it can get through these practices and stuff like that. Cause, like, speed of the game, that was definitely tough. Like, no, you go to college. Like, speed of games to be tough, for, like, the first, I don't know, like, month, couple weeks, however your transition is. But, like, the biggest thing is, like, you go through these practices, you have to learn what to do to keep your body in the best physical shape so you can keep going. Cause, like, you could be the third best person, but if the first two are great and get hurt, you're now up. So, it's like, I would say staying healthy and figuring out what my body needs to do that.
2: Yeah. I think another issue with that is too, is like when you're in high school, your body's recovering and your metabolism so fast. And yeah. Yeah. You could skip a stretch every now and then, or you could skip a, a, a recovery day now and then versus like now at my age, if I don't stretch before practice or I don't do some recovery after like a hard grind practice, I'm going to feel it for weeks.
1: Like, like just- yeah, I'm an old man, bro. Like I warm up before i up now. like I go in prehab, all that stuff. And so it's like, you really got to do the extra stuff to make sure your body's in the right spot.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing. I feel like a lot of kids that try to tell, like, especially when I was a high school wrestling coach this year, I was just like, dude, like stretch, stretch all the time, stretch before you practice, warm up. Don't just go zero to hundred. Like, like obviously there, dude, I, when I was in high school, I didn't roll out. I didn't have a roll out. Yeah. I, I didn't do pre-workout. I didn't do any of that. I just went to practice. And now it's yeah. like so many things I do just to make sure I'm able to practice, to compete.
0: Yeah. Nelson, what was it like, um, like playbook wise transitioning from like the high school to division one level? Like, did you have to learn any new techniques or different stunts or even more like film study? Like, how was that? Um,
1: I mean, film study a hundred percent. Like if you're in high school, you think you do film study, like college is just obviously a next level film study. Like you're watching film all the time. Uh, techniques. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on the defense. Um, I mean, like, when I played at Harvard, our defense was, like, I wouldn't say similar to our Jesuit, but, like, they definitely had, like, traces where it was a little easier to pick it up. Was I mean, so far, dude, four three? Uh, Harvard was a 4-3. Okay. So, like, um, but here, here at Duke, like, I'm still learning. I mean, it's, like, second week here. Like, I'm actually going on, like, 16 days. So, I'm still picking the stuff up. Um, like I said, a lot of movements and stuff like that. I would say definitely the film study is the biggest jump personally techniques like across the defensive line is like obviously it's different with each program but i would say there's like the core of like hands feet hips like be able to redirect stuff like that eye discipline but like i would definitely say that the film study and like Maybe even the playbook is definitely the biggest jump because there's just more intricacies when you get to college because there's more things to defend, like yeah, RPO. Like, yeah. like you don't really run RPO in high school that much.
0: Like
2: oh yeah, no, not at all. We had and especially not a judgment, especially not a judgment.
0: Yeah, no, we just, just, power. just run, it's just run. It's power right, power Davis. Yeah. Malik Davis. Uh-huh. Malik Davis. Malik uh-huh. Davis. We talked
2: to Jordan uh Jordan Young about it, who's at, at UF and he was like, Yeah, he was just remember playing in college in high school, and it's like you have a blitz package, you have a man, you have a cover two, three, four. He's like, that, he's like, it doesn't really change. Yeah. That. And he's like, then I go to UF and I have 18 ways to run cover four. I have 20 ways to run cover two. There's 10 different diff- blitz packages. So he was talking about that a lot. And then when we talked to Bentley, Bentley was like, when you talk about speed of the game, he's like the guys aren't faster. He's like, it's not like the guys in high school to college are faster. because it's, it's like a lot of reaction time and like understanding the plays. And that's what he was saying. Still a uh, film study was really, really big for him. Because he's, like, going out there and if he, he can read the play, especially as a defender, if he knows the play before it happens, he can make the play before the ball is even thrown.
1: Yeah. So, like, so like you're saying, it's the IQ of the game. It's the, like, the reactionary and, like, that's what I'm playing. I would say it's, like, the – yeah, seeing the development of play through, like, knowing what's going to happen is, like, if you know your defense in and out, you can then – Trying to get your next move of what's going to happen. So it's like, I would definitely say you got to study way more than like in high school because like Jesuit D line, right, left, straight.
2: Yeah, I'm better than the in front of me. I'm going to bully him. Like,
1: yeah. So it was like, but this stuff is like you actually have to do a lot more reading at the defensive end or drop position, which I'm playing. So it's like, yeah, you just got to be able to recognize plays better. Um, but that just comes with time, film study, and like just preparation.
2: Yeah, this is like a developmental process. I would say, yeah. but, um, so you did three years four. you know, you did four years at Harvard,
0: mm. but one of
2: those years was a COVID year. So yeah. what, what was that like, uh, you know, being an Ivy league athlete during the COVID time?
1: I mean, I was at home the whole time, like just working out, um, had an internship. So it was really just work and work out and online classes just to get back to the season. Definitely suck. Cause like, when you get back, like, I feel like you're shaking off rest for like, two months and it's like at that point you're already in season so it's like wasn't definitely the best season of my senior year but like and I'm not gonna sit here and just blame that on COVID I would just say like it just it's just tough to be able to miss that much football it was just kind of like a bummer
2: and what like a lot of people don't understand the thing about the Ivy League so all sports took a time of pause when COVID hit, obviously but when most sports came back Ivy League didn't and this wasn't just football it was across the board there was no wrestling there was no this so it no was sports. it was actually kind of a controversy about people with the Ivy League you know there's a lot of people talking about like are they really doing it for the proper reasons like this and that and you start to see a lot of transfers you start to see a lot of people transferring and leaving they're like I'm not not gonna perform and compete you know in my sport so that was I feel like that was going back to what we were talking about earlier too like even though you're Division One, it's still like the Ivy League first, and then Division.
0: Oh yeah, so, And then
2: to to transition into that, let's talk about FCS playoffs. What was it like going to Harvard, knowing like, no matter how well you guys played that year, you could be in North Dakota State, you could be in whoever. You, they weren't going to let you get a postseason try. This wasn't going to happen.
1: Definitely tough. Definitely tough. I mean, I still don't can't wrap my head around it. I think it was something along the lines of a disrupt finals, but I'm like. Kids go out during finals week. Like it doesn't. Like that's not going to change it. So Is that like I the say,
2: it, That's like the Ivy League because it's it's not the FCS. It's Ivy League. That no, it's
1: only Ivy League. I I genuinely couldn't give me an answer on why or what their rationale was. But I mean, I, I would say like I'm definitely was disappointed because like we've had my last year. We had a great year. Um, like even besides just Harvard, like Yale. Dartmouth, like, these, Princeton, like, they've had great teams that, like, easily would go deep into the playoffs. Like, if you have three teams that are ranked in the top 20 nationally in FCS polls, I think one of them should have a chance of playing the playoffs. But, like, it's never the case. So, it was, like, at least my last year, I know, like, Harvard, Yale. No, Harvard, Princeton, and Dartmouth are all ranked in the top 18 at one point. I remember
2: it was, like, two or three years ago. It was either Dartmouth or Princeton. I can't remember – but they finished like nine and one, and they were ranked. Said, yeah. they were ranked like eleventh, and they couldn't even play in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, no, I see how it goes. Like, I think this year we Harvard finished like top twenty five, top twenty four. At one point, we were sixteen, and like no matter no matter what you do, like it doesn't matter. matter. Like it doesn't. So matter. it's like it's definitely a disheartening to an extent because like I feel like the Ivy League would get more notoriety, more like a better like chances for kids in the Ivy League to like pursue their dreams mm-hmm. in the NFL that exposure on the like big stage competing against competition, the NFL scouts would be like, all right, this is more legitimate than maybe inter Ivy league play. So it's
0: like, it just kind of sucks. Yeah. So you, you touched a bit on like the COVID year and for the most part, uh, like most athletes hated their time during the COVID year. Was there anything that you kind of gained from it though, or that you felt helped you grow as a football player, as a person through the COVID year? I think it definitely solidified like the love of the games.
1: Like I have a whole year off. Like I'm literally just working out. And like the world shut down, but it's like you're doing this for what? Like, how bad do you really want to like do the thing that you love? So it's like worked out like damn near every day. So it was like that kind of like just reaffirmed like no matter what's going on, I still want to play football. Like this is definitely the sport for me, and like I want to do everything in my power to be able to be the best of what I can or be the best at the sport that I can. So I would I would say that that definitely helped my determination and then definitely just discipline.
2: Yeah. And so the people don't, uh, the people that that are listening don't understand. So you actually left Harvard. Now, I'm going to tell you what I think we last talked about. So you might need to help me out here. You left Harvard because due to the COVID year, if you stayed, it counted as two years of eligibility or something like that.
1: So if you stayed enrolled, that Counts as two semesters, and you can only have eight semesters on campus, air quotations, uh, on an Ivy League campus. So I had my freshman year, to sophomore year. What well, we got kicked out? Soft. Yeah, sophomore, March spring, sophomore year. Yeah. March, first week of March. And that still counted as a second semester. Oh, and boy. then, yeah. So then going into my junior year, I decided to stay enrolled, just get my degree. Cause I knew we got a year back of eligibility. So like we can see what the transfer is like. Cause that's when it really started kicking off. And then, so my two-year or two semesters online from junior counted as, like, Even though you were ground. in Tampa. Yeah, even though I was in Tampa, like, online classes, that counted as um, time on campus. Yeah. Those were my two semesters. So that was a year gone. And then I came back for my senior play played in the fall, and then decided, like, hey, I think the transfer portal would be the option for me to go, like, pursue another, like, opportunity. Even though I'm getting my degree in, like, the end of the year. So it's like, I'd rather just get my degree and go see what I can do.
2: So you're telling me you sat at home for your, for, I mean, obviously the reason was for your health and stuff and you couldn't play football, which I get, but it didn't even matter. The reason you didn't go to school there, you were all mine. And they Mm -hmm. counted that towards your eligibility.
1: The, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, technically on campus at Harvard. So it's like. You could have been anywhere. You could have even been on campus because they let freshmen on campus for the fall and then seniors. And then some juniors in the spring. Cause some of my roommates, have went back up to like graduate like, stuff. Yeah. So it was like, you're there, but that's your time on campus. Those those count your two semesters. Dude, that is insane. And that's not an Ivy league thing. That was a Harvard thing. I believe all Ivy Leagues do that, but I would have to ask somebody else, but yeah. I know for a fact it's a Harvard thing. And I believe it's an Ivy league thing. That is insane.
0: So. so you talked you talked about going into the transfer portal when it was, like, first kicking off, per se, because I know now it's, like, kind of, like, blown up, yeah. um, especially in media. What was it kind of, kind of like being there during, like, the beginning of it? Like, were you kind of, like, nervous about, like, just putting yourself out there to all these schools, or were you, like, kind of just, like, having faith in your own ability that a school will find you and, like, you'll get a chance somewhere? I mean, like... I'd say a little
1: bit of both, but definitely put myself out there. Like, I emailed a bunch of schools, like, just wanting opportunity. Because, like, I think I got in maybe, like, the second year. I it's, like, the year before, we had guys usually transfer out for their fifth year. Like, mm-hmm. Liam Shannon went to LSU. Like, mm-hmm. Eric Wilson, Penn State. Like, um, at Wingfield, Wake Forest, Devin Darrington, UVA. So, the type of kids, like, they graduated to use their fifth option, go grad transfer somewhere else. So, like, with the transfer portal now going, like – I was definitely, like, all right, like, I've played with these kids. Like, I can gauge my talent. I feel like I'd have opportunity to, like, a school that I think I would want to play at. And so, like, once I put my name in the portal, I definitely went to emailing kids, like, emailing as many schools I could find that I want to play there, that maybe fit the system and stuff like that. Following coaches on Twitter DMing. And, like, that was really, like, the process.
0: So did you ever have, um, like, I don't even know if this is but, like, were there ever, like, kids on teams that, like, you would be, like, hey, can you, like, tell your coach about me or like hey maybe like kind of get coaches attention anything like that like where other no not be really
1: because i mean like i was trying to extend, like how much can like a player
0: really do i mean i've asked my
1: guys like hey like you guys like what's the team looking like or like a lot of people leaving because of covid so like if they're like no everyone's staying for covid like i probably wouldn't spend too much time trying to email these coaches but they're like oh yeah like most people are graduating or like done i'm like all right cool and then like i'll try to go email coaches but like I never really had, like, kids trying to, like, go talk to a coach because, like, I, I just feel like that wouldn't be as productive or as efficient.
2: So let's go – let's back it up just a step. What was that like? Uh, talk us through what it was like, realization and, and making the decision, all right, I know I need to leave and I need to enter the transfer portal now. And Like, who did you talk to and stuff, and what was
1: it like telling Harvard and, and how did they take it? Well, I mean, Harvard – I mean, the coaches at Harvard is kind of like a normal thing for us because they know how like, – you only have eight semesters, so it's like – you would have to take a whole spring off. You'd have to take your senior spring off to come play in the fall and then do the whole code. No day.
2: classes at all. Like not even online. Like it's a whole, no, camp- you're not going
1: to be on campus. Yeah.
2: It's like, so like,
1: say I was just a normal student four years ago. If you wanted to play your fifth year, you have to take your spring semester off, off campus, do something and then come back for that fall and play your fifth year. So with COVID and all that stuff, like it was just insane. It was like just all over the place. My mom really wanted me to graduate because the uncertainties with COVID and whatnot. So it was like, so the coaches, they're really receptive because it's like, Kind Of a normal process, and they're like, All right, definitely understand that, especially with the COVID thing. You have so many kids backlogged years for taking time off and like whatnot. So, wasn't that crazy? It's receptive help to like helping, like all the stuff, supportive. So, the realization, like, hey, it's time to leave, it was more like, Oh, I'm a senior now. Like, what am I gonna do in the spring? You to take time off, I'd have nowhere to live. Finding a job for one semester would be tough. So I was like, I'm just going to get my degree and then um,
0: really just call it and then see what I can do with the next next chapter of my life. Yeah. So originally uh, you committed to Villanova out of the transfer portal with a teammate, but then you ended up flipping the Duke, right?
2: Yeah, With uh, yeah, your, your, your video is frozen. We can hear you.
0: So, to, yeah, back, Zach, pick it back up. Yeah, so um, originally out of the transfer portal, you committed with a teammate from Harvard to Villanova, and then you ended up flipping to Duke, correct? Yeah, that was actually my roommate, Daniel A. Brown. Yeah. Oh, shout okay. out, well, shout we'll, out Daniel, by
2: the way. He's a great kid. I've talked to him on oh.
0: So how yeah, did that of work player. out, and how did that – like why why Villanova at first, and then I guess like why Duke being like your final choice? Oh,
1: Villanova, well, it's a great school, great program. They made it to the semifinals last year or quarterfinals last year. The FCS,
2: yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. Great football team, great coaching staff. Like shout out to all the coaches that gave me opportunity there. Like, they're super receptive and like I would say like that place felt like home too. So, like I went there, really enjoyed all my time met all the players. Like they're super dope people and like I said, a great education. So I mean, like from there, that was definitely my best option. Like coming out of transfer Bowl, And I really thought like, hey, like this was solid place to be but then like Duke had come into the picture late um but I would say like Duke's scheme fit me a little bit better because like you Villanova I run a three-man front and um as you know I'm not the biggest guy so uh the four-man front definitely suited me better as a football player if I wanted to like advance hopefully to the next level and then it's kind of like you can't go wrong choosing Villanova at Duke education-wise so it was like yeah, yeah you were education
2: was not a competition at that point
1: so yeah, so it was really just like, I think what scheme would fit me better. So like and I think the format front would I think help me get to the next level. So I think that's where that decision came from. And was Duke, were they did they
2: get in contact with you before you committed to Villanova or it happened after?
1: Like right after.
2: Cause I remember mm-hmm. I remember seeing you committed to Villanova and then I texted you as a like, congrats, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, I don't remember how long after, and then I was like, committed to Duke. And I thought I had like a fever dream and I was like, I could have sworn I just texted Nelson without doing over. Then I went and looked. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, he did. He did just just flip his commitment. So what? Yeah, was- two blues,
1: baby. But um, yeah, I was just a uh, flipping coaching staff relatively recently with Coach Alco coming in, mm-hmm. and uh, they reached out to me, and so. Did you want to Duke or
2: anything it. before? Or it was just like Duke sold itself to you.
1: Uh, I mean, kind of both. But I did go on. a visit. wasn't many people here. I just wanted to come see the campus, meet the coaching mm-hmm. staff, all that type of stuff. Loved it here. i up here. It's a great place. And you so, playing power
2: five football now too, which is definitely, yeah. That's, that's, try yeah, to that's, say that's it. You everyone. can try to try to <laughs> act. That's not a partial reason, but definitely, definitely, definitely,
1: definitely different than
0: what I'm used to at the FCS level. But like, yeah, it's a sick experience so far. So. You talked a little bit about how, like, during your transfer portal process, different schools had, like, different formations in front. Was there ever a point in time where you considered, like, changing positions or, like, would you have been comfortable changing positions going to another school? I mean,
1: not really. I mean, like, it was the same thing out of, high school. It was like, I really want to play the position I'm at. And if I'm not good enough to make it, like, that's totally understandable. I mean, now I'm not going to get you wrong. Like, the NFL told me. You need to play this position. Like I will play that position, but <laughs> so, but like in the transfer portal, was like, "Hey, if you need to play the outside linebacker, I can do that." But like, I don't think I would play like middle linebacker, like three tech, like transferring yeah, no, between no, no. different schools. Yeah, so no. like, I think I wanted to stick with like a defensive end outside linebacker, which is yeah, I can see exactly like what it like is.
2: A, I could see you being like a like a TJ Watt kind of. Where like you're just if they put you at back or they're blitzing you or like they're using you for run support. But like I feel I like you when your hands on the ground. Uh, you're, yeah. you're you're so much faster. Your first motion is just so you're always a step ahead of, the, of your of your guard, or excuse me, of your tackle. So it's like so, I, yeah. I really like your hand in the dirt when you play.
1: I'm actually playing um the, a drop defensive end here. So like we do two two point stance a lot. Uh sometimes you have hand in the dirt for like certain certain places, so, like I'm still learning all this. But um, mostly two point or whatnot. But it's like you're on the line and you're playing defensive end. But it's just like the two points help for movement and stuff like that. But so I'm really working on two point stance get off. But similar vibe, just
0: playing defensive end. That's for sure. So, you talked. Grayson brought up T.J. Watt being like a kind of player you play like. Who would you say though is like your favorite player in the NFL right now at your position? Either Shaq Bear or Movin Ingram, like those two. What do you think you, like, enjoy about their game the most?
1: I like how Shaq Barry uses what he has at his disposal. He's not the biggest guy. He's, like, I think 6'1", quarters, like, 250, 255, maybe. And, like, he has a great get-off. He's, like, his motor doesn't stop. If his first move doesn't work, he just keeps rocking with the counters until, like, he can find a way to get there. And then, like, he just makes plays when they're presented to him. Like, doesn't do too much, and he knows, like, what's coming. So he's really – it seems, seems like he has – Great football IQ and anticipation. And then Melvin Ingram was just like, yeah, I think he played three-tech, if I'm not mistaken, mistaken, at Top Carolina. When he got to the NFL, he moved to the defensive end, like, walked down. The guy's just a dog. I mean, like, I love his hand placement, the way he plays football, physical, aggressive. Like, guy, I just love everything about his game. So, like, those two I would definitely like to say. I like to try to model, model my game after it take, like, points, pointers from them.
2: Yeah, that's what yeah. what I was you Who would you compare your game to? Like, who is a, an NFL player that you're like I like the model like this is like the kind of the style I want to play like I want to be like this
1: uh, I would say Shaq Barrett, definitely like I watch his Colorado State highlights like he went undrafted but I still watch times from college like the way he can move his body like he knows like hey if this guy is so much bigger than me I'm not gonna sit here and trying to bull rush him like he's gonna give like push pulls he's gonna use like evasive maneuvers and that type of stuff to like really put himself in the right position to make plays so I really just like how he plays the game fluidly and then, like obviously, like I said, Melvin Ingram too. So those two, I really try to model my game after, take bits and pieces.
2: Yeah. So what would you say? So let's say, like you know, uh, everything this season goes extreme. You, this is your last year of eligibility, correct? Actually,
1: I actually have two. You
2: have two. So there's a chance you might stay there for another year. Yeah. Okay. So let's say, let's say you kill it this year. You declare. Uh, everything goes in your favor. You make it to the combine, and they and they they ask you, they're like, Anthony Nelson, what makes you stand out over every other? Defensive end that we have here. What what would what would you say to them?
1: Ah, I would definitely probably say my dedication to learning the defense, and my I would say instincts. Because like, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the most athletic, given person in the country. That's just not true. I'm not the biggest person, but I would say like my motor, high motor. I'm not going to stop playing. I'm going to do everything in my power to make the plays, do my job, um, learn the defense in and out, so I can play instinctually and fast. So I think those would be my my selling points
2: when you say instinctively
1: is that kind of like intuition like you kind of just know what what's the right thing to do yeah and like sometimes you ask a player like yo how'd you do that they say i don't know like it just happened so it's like when you like if you ever like you played a sport you just kind of do some things you're like if someone asked you to detail how that just happened you couldn't tell them yeah like you just shut the lights off and your body just goes to work
0: yeah yeah for sure so if you were to enter the draft what would be like, you know, the one team you would like pray drafted you? Like, if you could, have, if Wait, you could choose the Bucks, the Bucks bro. Yeah. What? Easy. What?
2: I'd have an one A- Bucks jersey in my house before they even
1: made them. Yeah, bro. Like, I would drive the Bucks. <laughs> Pick yeah, me. Shout really? out Anthony Nelson, defensive end for the Bucks too. Like, there can be two of us, bro. I promise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no beef. He's
1: the Iowa kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's funny.
0: That's awesome. It's actually funny you said that because, like, when I literally was, uh, like, before we go on, we like do background checks on all the players to like build up our outlines. I looked up Anthony Nelson and just kept showing the Bucks yeah. player. And I was like, I was like, oh my God. Like,
1: <laughs> and I like you, you type in Anthony Nelson Tampa, it's just like him. I'm like, fair. Yeah.
2: yeah. It used to be right, Anthony Nelson Tampa to be you. And now he even took that from you. I
1: was like, oh, hurt. <laughs> I just thought we could be friends one day, bro. Like, do a follow on Instagram. No, Same name, hard to
2: find. If you went to Tampa, that'd
1: be, that'd be sick. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So, one there, two, the Steelers, and three, anywhere else in the NFL, please take me. Uh Why, why the Steelers? <laughs> oh, family. Like, they just all love them. I mean, like, my dad's side are diehard Steelers fans, so I've been a Steelers fan since I was a kid. Shout out Mike Tomlin. You're so cool. Come on. Hit my line. you <laughs> ever been to a Steelers game? <laughs> uh I've been to one where they played in Tampa. But that was like really oh. a while ago. They also, went, to, I didn't get to go to the Super Bowl, of course. But like I remember going to like the, the Super Bowl NFL experience when they played the Cardinals. That oh, was yeah, yeah. I was at the games. Of yeah.
2: We were like eight or nine.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was so fun. It was cold. Oh my god, it was cold.
2: what did you think about the Steelers draft this season?
1: Mm. Who did they pick up this year?
2: I'll uh, I'll get the, I'll get the receipts up right now. Did no. they draft Pickett? They got Pickett first pick. Yeah. Oh, oh no god. no yeah. he wasn't
1: was he Yeah he was the only first round quarterback. Pickett, I think that's a great like steal because like, you know our quarterback room we were like having some trouble like we had to, like Rudolph he played didn't really do the best and then so I really think Pickett would have him, like open doors to come in give it a shot. I mean, what's worst, worst case scenario doesn't really pan out. It's so, like we have like he's yeah. coming from greatness because like Ben Roethlisberger he's retiring he's all time great. So it was like I like the quarterback room is open and so like we need somebody and I have faith in him and then um. What's, did we get Pickens? Yeah, that's who you got. So, yeah. real quick, yeah. right,
2: before, right before we go into this, right go into this <laughs> I just want to say, I was a huge Mason Rudolph guy. When he was at Oklahoma State, I thought he had all the tools. And then when he yeah. to the Steelers, I was like, it's perfect. He's going to sit behind Ben Roethlisberger for two to three years, and I think he's going to be amazing. And he just hasn't done anything.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he had all the tools. I just don't – I don't know what happened. I mean, like, you never know what's going behind the curtains. Like, yeah, maybe of the office yeah. is not suitable to him. So, like – but it just hasn't – it just hasn't really panned out if for him. You with watch, us. If you watch
2: his college
1: highlights, he was he's disgusting. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. so it's like I'm not bad. We picked him on the team or anything like that. I was also curious how Josh Dobbs was gonna like go, but he never really never really got too much trash. Yeah, I team, just so.
2: think he, I was a big Mason Rudolph fan, I was not a
1: big Dobbs fan. I
2: feel like he was extremely overrated. I just think he was in that Tennessee, we're back, even though we've never, <laughs> seen him, you know what I mean? But yeah, was, I might Who's the picks for um the Steelers? Your first uh, round one, you got Kenny Pickett. Two, you got George Pickens. Three, you got defensive oh, end from Texas A&M, Demarvian and Leal. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah, Animal, Animal. Yeah, so so your fourth pick was my personal – when I when I met with – I went to the NFL drafts and with Booger. This was my actual – my favorite pick, my sleeper pick, Calvin Austin III out of Memphis, wide receiver. Oh, he's disgusting. I watched him go to
1: UCF and USA. So they're
2: like, he's too small. He's
1: too small. He runs no, 4 two one thing. Who cares how small he is? They're not going to cover him in the slot. He's gone. That's what I'm saying. The kid, like that guy, is route running. First off, great separation, great. He's a playmaker. Like I've watched him because I, I love watching USF. So I like watch a lot of that conference. So it's like USF, UCF, and I'll watch Memphis, of course. And like that kid's a dog, bro. Like Dude, he's the thing plays. Is the, the what I evaluate guys
2: on when it comes to the draft is I evaluate obviously I evaluate how they did during the season because it's very important. But I really was a big emphasis on Senior Bowl. So, like, it's the most recent – it's the most recent performance they've had, which is what you want to judge them on. You don't want to judge them on what he did his freshman year. And it's also some of the toughest competition. And he ate – he ate at the Senior Bowl.
1: Same with Travell. I mean, like, I got the MVP of the Hula Bowl. I'm like –
2: Yeah. So, when I'm looking at him, it's like, yeah, you know what? If he gets hit by a big guy, he's probably going to get hurt.
1: But that's if they catch him. That's if they get him. like a slot receiver, like I'm not gonna put him on a shallow crossing route when I know yeah, linebackers no, are a player. He's bro. a he's a big play player. Like he can stretch the field. Like I don't. I think he's a great pick. So. I think
2: he's a phenomenal pick. I think he's a steal going in the fourth round. Also, but you're and so- like just
1: think about that. Who you're running routes? Like you have him, uh, Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Like match with Chase Claypool. Like it's just it looks like Claypool right stayed. He's still there. Yeah,
2: He's lost Juju. You didn't lose. You didn't lose Claypool. No, no I don't
1: yeah. think yeah. Got Claypool. So I think
2: sixth pick was Connor Hayward, tight end out of Michigan State. Then you got Mark Robinson, who's the linebacker at Ole Miss. And then you got the Tampa zone, Chris
1: Oldoken. Yeah. Shout out, Chris. Yeah. We're um, Chris so I mean, I haven't watched the other guys too too much. I think Chris is obviously a great addition, like Tampa native. And like, we need quarterbacks and he has the talent. Like, I, I did definitely watch him in the FCS. So, like, Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of those picks. How did the Steelers do this past season? They went – what was the record? Still still winning. They went to the playoffs,
2: right? Yeah, Yeah, we absolutely
1: botched it against the Browns. Just the tough, tough first. Like We literally started off terribly, started coming back, but like the game's only 16 minutes, so we didn't have enough
0: time. Yeah. I like how we kind of talked about how there are more guys now in the NFL that probably would have played like 10, 15 years ago because like before, if you were undersized as a slot, like Wes Walker, like you were going to get blown up by hard hitting linebackers and safeties. But like, we've kind of like fallen off so much with like hard hitting, especially because we're trying to like save players from CT, which I'm fully supportive of, but you kind of see how like defenses are at such a disadvantage to what the offense can now put together. Like it, it's damn you To a passing
1: offense, bro. Like yeah. you literally can't
0: play receiver like safely yeah like you or touch you have no choice yeah For i mean there were so many roughing the passing calls that i literally were like like how can you throw a flag on that like what do, what do you sick, want i was sick for the player did.
1: bro like you just made a great play beat the offensive lineman and they just say that's 15 yards plus i'm like dang that's
2: no, and the other one that really bothers me is the helmet the helmet because if if i'm if i'm going listen i am all for protecting the athletes i'm all for protecting athletes all the time both physically and and economically i always want athletes to strive and 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 you know they're more than just an athlete they're, we're all humans you know that's like something that a lot of people forget but there's also times where it's like it's just like come on like there's so many times i watched the nfl this year where a, a running back would like hurdle a down lineman and then drop his head in the air and then a, a linebacker would tackle him and they would go helmet to helmet but like he can't predict that the guy's gonna move his head or like
1: yeah, so many, I think like grow. it needs to be more like an intention more than, like, the actual contact. Like, it needs to be blatant. It needs to be blatant. Yeah, like, if you're going, like, launching yourself or, like, really trying to enter something, like, that's 100%, like, reasonable. But, like, we all know what that looks like. We've seen plays being made like that. But it's like, like you said, if someone's doing something unpredictable and you're just, like, you graze their helmet and you're, like, nick, and you're not, like, launching, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you should ruin that kid's yeah. game and foreseeably, like the next week's suspension on that. Cause there's only so many games you play in college.
2: Yeah. yeah. Or, or like, it's super hard for safeties too, bro. Like if a, if a, if a receiver beats a corner and you're a safety now, it's like, do I even touch him? Like what, what yeah, am I supposed to
1: do? You, chip check him. Hopefully he goes out of bounds. Yeah. Like Here was, we've got uh, kids. I like, get ejected. And, like we only have 10 games in the Ivy League. So you're losing, you get ejected that game and maybe suspended the next time. You can lose twenty
0: up to 20% of your season. off Of
2: a one play.
0: So I think it's, I don't, think it's fair i personally hate how it only goes for the defensive side of the ball because you can't tell me that there are power running backs that don't lower their head intentionally like pretty much every time they're running the ball downfield like it only gets called on defense but yet we have offensive players who are literally head hunting themselves like they're just going to lower into contact trying to like bait the call like i just i wish it was like more like more 50 50 at least so then it kind of like prevents both teams from doing it but i mean at the same time, like. To be honest, it's mostly instinct-based. Like, if I see a big-ass dude about to, like, rock my shit, I'm going to, like, brace. Yeah, I'm going to brace up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to try to protect myself. And even as you hit someone, you kind of, like, lower your head just to make sure, like, you get your head out of the way so you can hit it with your shoulder. Like, you can't really control, like, the point of contact every time. You can try, but you're not going to get it's, it every time. I also, like, the low man wins. Like,
1: someone's coming, I'm going to get lower.
0: And if he's yeah. going to try to get lower,
1: you're probably on the same head level. So it's like...
2: There was a play this past season, and, and poor journalism on my end from not remembering the, the exact guy, but it was – I don't remember if it was college or NFL, but there was a play, and it was it was in the red zone, and a linebacker stopped a receiver from scoring a touchdown, and they hit him with, like, a helmet-to-helmet helmet or an excessive aggression, something stupid. I want to say – I actually want to say it was Michigan State, but something stupid, and then they interviewed the guy after the game, and he's like, what do you want me to do there? He's like, you want me to let him score? He's like he's like I'm on the ball. Yeah. I have to hit him. He's like I'm not going to let him score a touchdown. He's like I don't understand why I'm getting penalized for this. He's like there's no he's like the only other thing I could have done is not touched him and then he would have scored. He's like I'm just trying to do my job.
1: Yeah, I mean like it's it's definitely is an offensive league nowadays, especially in NFL like I I would say college too, but college is always like College's always yeah. been about yeah.
2: College's always been electric. So the
1: like, NFL is just it's more of an offensive league. I mean, like it brings in views, high scoring games, brings in revenue stuff like that. So it's like,
2: yeah. I what do you think about that though? As 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 a player and a fan, like the the football we grew up watching as kids was run it down your throat, use play action, open up, or like have a bigger yep. receiver. It was more. It was more like grit football. Now it's way it's, it, red. it's way more. Fun. Dude, if you just play the Madden video game from 10 years ago today to now, it's completely different offenses. It's completely different everything. It's all flashy now.
1: I would say, like, there's definitely aspects of the game where you're like, all right, this is definitely really cool concepts. So you can do a lot of things, but at the same time, I just feel like sometimes it's maybe a little too canned to the offense. Like, it's like a camp drill. Where it's like, all right, you know what's going to happen. Like, you know, if someone goes deep, they throw the, like, throw a deep ball. there's a good chance it's going to be a pass interference simply off of, like, bumping or anything like that. So it's like, I still love football regardless of which way it goes, but I just kind of wish that it'd be the referees and the calls wouldn't impact the game as much as it did. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's more like play instead of like, all right, these reps are going to give me 60 yards
0: based off penalties in the first quarter due to like three pass interferences. So it's like. Dude, I think we're starting to move towards like a fully – automated officiating system across like all sports at some point like we I already see that
2: in the nfl though i feel like it's, it's one of the few sports you can't do that in
0: i mean i feel like at some point they can get like enough sensors on a body to know like a like this is a foul. like obviously like there's certain things that you can't like know or that we haven't like even thought of yet of how to like off, like break it down to like a system of like this is wrong this is right but like you look at baseball, like we're beyond the point of umpires anymore. Yeah, like they like, literally can't. No, even... there's literally no reason at all that. Yeah, <laughs> these guys, these guys throw 100 plus miles an hour. He, it's faster than the blink of an eye to react. And you're telling me you have to like read where he pitches. Uh, the strike zone isn't even visible. You, the guy makes it up his fucking yeah. self. so. Like he's, you're literally putting the entire game in the hands of a guy that, like, if you piss off in the first inning, you're fucked. Um, yeah. You see it in soccer with the VAR system which some people like some people don't because they like like the aspect of human error. But I think in football, it start like, I don't know. I feel like definitely in recent memory, I think of like the saints Rams, like that's a huge, that's officiating a, the, the
2: absolute number one thing I think of when I think, of yeah. I mean,
0: either that also like, uh, what was
1: it, was it Des Bryant? Des Bryant? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. De- the De- yeah, Yeah. 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 And I'll never forget, like, Megatron. He had one in the back of the end, so he stood up with the ball, put it down, and they called it incomplete. So oh both,
2: both of those plays, the Des Bryant catch and the uh, the Saints Rams, the next week, they made a rule. They made a rule to help them. Yeah, they, no, they you know, like, yeah we look, we were wrong. Like, they couldn't have done it then, though? Like... Yeah.
0: it. I don't know. I just feel like it... It gives fans a reason to put, a, like, asterisks on things that don't need to have asterisks. Like, it, like in a... Perfect utopia. We have the best teams playing at the end of the year, and like you have the best team win. But usually what ends up happening is, is like, oh, this team was injury ridden, or oh, like we got screwed over by officiating. There's always something every year that like screws over one team. And like I feel like the sports are getting like too good now for that to happen. Like we're really only failing on like the officiating side of the ball. I feel like personally, like the game itself, I like the way we're going, like and growing. Obviously, like passing has become the end all be all of football. But There's still I wish some we'd teams see more that,
2: that that hammer, that rock, like the Titans.
0: Oh, yeah, got you, you, to,
1: got, really you got you got to. Derrick Henry. Yeah. yeah, like honestly, I think the Vikings should more, but you know, yeah, but they don't want to
2: hurt Dalvin at the same time
1: because you don't want to Christian yeah. McCaffrey. That's
0: true.
2: I'm a huge Dalvin fan, bro. My dad forced to second, yeah. right? I'm a huge yeah. fan, but
0: let's say like, ooh, nah. do we think James Cook is anywhere near as good as Dalvin Cook? I haven't watched him play. I heard. I
2: heard he's faster. I'm pretty sure he ran a better forty. I think he's faster, but I don't think he's better.
1: I mean, bro, like the jeans did, did they even use him?
2: Good. Did they even use him to win the Natty? Like, was he even a factor?
1: I I, didn't, I couldn't say I watched him much in college. So like I wish the best. I don't. I don't know. I, you know who I think is gonna be like a great running back though? DeAndre Swift. That kid, That guy's a dog. Yes. Yeah. yeah this is gonna be the
0: breakout year. Yeah, gonna have a good break. I think.
1: but going
2: back to the officiating real quick so this is my my opinion on officiating and I feel like it's a lot when the whole job of a ref umpire judge whatever you are whatever you're given you're you're a, you're you're a rule enforcer that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to impact the game as little as possible and not have any deciding factor but you're just supposed to enforce the rules but in today's day and I want to say you see it more in the MLB more than anything, is opinions and, like, feelings get put into it and then just, like, calls that are just, like, just because they can, like, and, and that's not how it's NBA, seen. too. Yeah, and even that. And then, yeah. the, who is, uh, he was on the Bleacher Report podcast, that that ref that said, like, yeah, we used to fix games.
1: Like, <laughs> I, mean, oh, I mean, you're not about- surprised. You can. You literally can Like, yeah, you foul out your best player in, like, literally yeah. half. In five you minutes, yeah.
0: Because, yeah. like, we yeah, you we're get three about, fouls
1: early, he can't play. He has to sit. Like, yeah, your coach exactly. is going to sit on him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think what you're talking about is when they fixed the Kings-Lakers finals and, like, the Lakers didn't have any shots falling, so they would just – anytime Kobe got the ball, they would just call a foul. Like, they'd be like, Kobe, you're going to line. Dude, Kobe ended up shooting uh, – I'll try to uh, find the game for it. Um, but, yeah, you look at players now, like, there's running memes of, like, people like Scott Foster and the Tony brothers having, like, Undefeated records against like certain NBA players. Like, dude, if you have trends like that where like guys just straight up can't win against certain reps, like that should tell you something about how they're officiating the games towards players' play styles. And I feel like the NBA, like either Adam Silver is the biggest genius in the world by setting that shit up. Cause like for some reason, it always happens with the most crucial playoff games. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be like down, it'll be like down three to one and be like, oh yeah, the the Suns can really put the series away today. And she's like, oh yeah uh chris paul is like zero and 32 against scott foster like yeah <laughs> why, what what are you what are we doing then like at what at what point like why aren't we just completely randomizing the refs like i feel like it's kind of set up in a certain way i'll try to find this like way really too much power
2: so. in their hands like and like like i said go back to the mlb the strike zone isn't real like you make it up yourself so you can't yeah. even have someone be like oh you're wrong well in my strike zone it was it was
1: there you know, like,
2: there's just way too much power when it comes to that.
1: I really feel like if you can go top golf and they can tell you exactly, like, how far, how fast and when your ball lands, like, you can easily that, just You oh, should be able to put yeah. where baseball's going, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you can. I really, oh, really feel like you can do that. Like, but, like, the thing is that, like you said, the NFL is, like, a little, it's a little tougher because, like, everything, like, you can't sit in here and, like, watch offense alignments, like, all right, that's a hole, like, because then you'd have to have, like, the specific sensors to say, like, all right, this type of force, pull all this stuff is a hole or, like, this, this, and this, like, maybe false starts because you can have, like, a central offensive line. But, like, other than that, I feel like it, the refs do a relatively good job. And, like, yeah, I feel like it would be real noticeable if a ref is, like, throwing a game because, like, there's yeah, so right, many true. things happening. So you, you be be like, all right, bro, yeah. like, this is – I feel
2: like with football, it's too hard, too, because there's too many things to look at.
1: Because yeah, you gotta have a guy the with a guy
2: in the ball. You have a guy on the wide receiver corners. You got to have a guy who's watching the line. got to like, guy, a guy – like, there's too many different things to watch versus, like, a baseball – Relatively, you, you could do a game with two umps. You only really need to, know, to watch where the ball goes and you need to watch the plate, you know? Yeah, so yeah, there's a lot less factors involved.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've umped a game by myself many times. And, like, yeah, there's more things that you probably don't see or catch. But, like, the base of the game, where like, there's a lot of force plays. Like, the ball can only be in one spot at all times. Mm. Like, exactly. just, like, follow the ball for the most part. You'll be fine. But I finally found out this insane – so it was the Western Conference Finals back in 2002 – and the lakers are playing the kings the lakers are up 3 to 2 so for the first 5 games of the series the lakers were averaging 25 attempts the like 25 free throw attempts the entire game in that for, game like, six, per game not
2: total like per, yeah
0: yeah yeah total in the game 6 alone where the lakers ended up winning and advancing they had 27 free throw attempts in the fourth quarter alone
2: wait you're saying they had 25 in 5 games combined or per game
0: no no, tw- like, they were averaging 25 free throws a game. Okay, okay. And then they, ha- and then they had That's 27 in one, one fourth quarter.
2: That's crazy.
0: And and it was in Sacramento. It was in Sacramento. It would have forced game seven uh, to be back leaguers. But um, apparently, two out of the three men crew were, like, paid off or, like, had some something within the game that, like, they knew to, like, rig it beforehand. So then they ended up completely screwing over the Kings. Kings ended up going on. And then the Lakers, I think, ended up three-peating. So then that, like, that to me, like, I don't know how you left that slide. Like, I definitely feel like, I don't know. I don't know if they ever exposed who was involved with that. But that's, like, blatant times we've seen officiating. And then they'll only come out about it. Like, I think we found out about this because we only had, like, theories of it. But we only, like, really were, like, solidified in the truth within, like, the last couple of years, I'm pretty sure. So, like, these things, like, come out way later. And then they just, like, have no accountability towards it. They're like, oh, yeah, it happened. Like you look at the Astros. What
2: about the Astros? I was going to say that. What about the Astros?
0: Yeah, it was really just like, uh, well, when you have the commissioner calling your own title trophy a piece of metal, uh, that kind of lets you know what that guy thinks of the sport he runs. Um, And yeah, he's just like, oh yeah, it was nothing. It means nothing. Dude, you screwed out. You screwed over a team, multiple teams for making deeper playoff runs because this team was cheating. And you screwed a guy out of an MVP. You gave a fraud an MVP. Like You you screwed
2: out guys that worked their entire lives and their childhood dream was to win that trophy, and you screwed yeah. all of them. And what was the punishment? Oh, $2 million fine to a billion-dollar organization.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. what? Oh, 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 your head coach can uh, sit out for a year. He can get re-signed after, that.
2: Yeah, but you guys can go to playoffs the next year. Like, there's no playoff ban or anything. Like, I, yeah. it's, it's – and then that's but, why my thing on MMA is, like, it's the best but worst at the same time. Because if you get a finish, it does not matter what the judge or refs think, it's over. But if you don't get a finish, they can completely screw you. Completely screw
0: yeah. you. Yeah, 100%. I think another thing, um, just on like – what was I going to say? I don't know. It kind of like slipped my mind. But um,
2: Maybe it's because your hair is so tight slipped back.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm exhausted. It's been a long it, – dude, it's been a long day. Dude, we had to get back from a baseball game. I was in the sun. Well, we were in the booth at least, but it was hot as shit. And then we get back. I got my roommate call me. He's like, yeah, we gotta mow our yard. I'm like, oh, we haven't mowed our yard in like eight months. It's 98 degrees outside. I'm literally whiter than like the color white. I'm like. <laughs> <sighs> Long day. Yeah. But
2: uh, but back to it. Have you had any games where you were just like like you felt like the rest were just trying to Nelson? You're just like, all right, bro, what's good?
1: I mean, the Princeton game.
2: What happened in that?
1: No, uh, they were. We lost in five overtimes, but like in the third overtime, we um we scored the game winner and they uh retroactively granted a timeout to Princeton because they were reviewing the touchdown that won the game. And they saw the coach in the back left corner trying to call a timeout, so they gave him a timeout.
0: No way That's not even that's not even in the rules though.
1: Yeah, that that's that's not it's not allowed. So that was definitely and that was this year and we were both undefeated. Like they were fifteen and we were number sixteen ranked. And that decided that. It did y'all protest? I mean, like, try. There's not much you can do once the um, what you call it, once it's called. So like, we ended up eight and two instead of nine and one because that one. Damn, Bruh.
2: five overtimes. Bruh. What was that like?
1: That was insane. That was yeah.
2: Were you just, like exhausted? Like you were just like, oh my gosh.
1: No, nah, I mean, bro, it was like after like two or three, it's just one play. So you're just sitting there. You're just like. Oh, that's right. After the third one. Yeah. I yeah. Know. It was like, I really hope this goes in. So it's it like one yeah. play. Yeah. And the thing at that point is like, our, our coach didn't like rotate. because like, there's only just three more plays that you got. So it's like, we're just sitting there. So everybody's just praying.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that was definitely
1: dude. the worst one. And then, like, after they retroactively granted the timeout, we were all like, what is going on? That's not allowed. And then the next play, we scored on another touchdown, but they called an offensive pass interference word. No one was touched, so it was like, so that was definitely the, if that's anything, that's the one I was like, because they the i put out a statement apologizing, saying like that shouldn't be allowed, like all that stuff. Exactly, they yeah. always
2: apologize, they never in the moment are like, We fucked up,
1: guys. It's always after, it's always after. they don't,
0: they don't, so like, they, they, they don't read, really, yeah,
1: they're just like, Sorry, yeah, they're saying they literally said like the game should have ended in the third overtime when Harvard scored, and I was like, All right, so can
2: you take that L off know. the record or
1: no? Nah. No, yeah, that's
2: crazy. I remember when I played football. If I was like, if, if I felt like I, I was getting held a lot or something, I'd always tell the ref. I'd be like, "Yo, watch thirty two. Like he's constantly holding me. You're like watch that." Yeah. But I feel like when when you get to a certain like this is high school, but I feel like when you get to a certain level,
1: they just don't give a shit. Really, yeah, they're not. They're they're not listening to what you are saying. It's yeah, like. But, no, that one, that was definitely the worst one because, like, it actually dictated an Ivy League championship. So, it was like. It was,
2: y'all, so, how does the Ivy League championship work? It's not, it's kind of like the old big Twelve, right? It's just best All right.
1: League. Yeah, all right. And
2: you play every team and there's not a season you miss against an Ivy League team.
1: Yeah, no, you play every team. So, it's like whoever has the best Ivy League record.
2: and there should be a so Ivy like, championship. That'd be so much more fun.
1: Yeah, I agree. That'd be really lit. Um, but, yeah, so we had lost to Dartmouth and then we lost to Princeton, like that. So that was tough. Yeah, tough. Did y'all win? The when you, at all while you were
2: there?
1: No, nah, no. Nah. So like, but like that was a good shot right there,
2: technically.
1: Yeah, because like I only had that was my third season. So my first one we came in didn't have the best team, and then like my sophomore year really struggled. Our biggest loss there, of my sophomore year, was by like, like seven points. Mm-hmm. So I was like a little frustrating. No, I lied. It was. Well, I mean, it was out of conference game. We lost for, like thirteen, but like in conference was like seven points. And then finally this year we were winning every game, and then. The Princeton stuff, so that was tough. Damn. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking about... Like, oh God, no, up? what were you saying? What were you saying? Because like, I feel like we still won. I mean, like, if that's how the, that's they want to win, and, like, the yeah. says should have won the game, I'm cool with it. You can't even, like, if you're
2: Princeton, you don't even, like, how do you even take that win? How are you, like, proud of that? I
1: don't know. Bro. I mean... I don't know.
2: Go, to go out me, that. Go Yeah. Out can,
0: yeah <laughs> but, um... Speaking about, like, the different kind of, I guess, conference playoffs, what do you think about the difference between, like, the FCS and the FBS college football playoffs? Do you kind of like less so. seedings or more seedings? I think it's really cool, like, in their own right. I mean, like, if
1: you're actually just talking about the playoffs, I really feel like more teams should have a chance because, like, I feel like it's playoffs FBS, are like – It's not FCS, right? Yeah, FBS, FCS, I feel like that's just dope. I mean, like, it's like high school, like – FCS every- is the most perfect playoff system. No, it's just, it's like actual playoffs. Like, you get in there, like, anything can happen, bro. Any given Sunday, like, you play well, you play well, you advance. But, like, I think the FBS, like, it just kind of gets a little stagnant because it's the same four to six teams you're going to see. But it's like, I feel like if they really expanded, you never know what's going to happen. Because you not have upset in bowl games. Like, everybody watches bowl games. Now imagine that I put into a playoff. And I still think bowl games should be a thing. Like, because bowl games are really cool as is, like – it's a mm-hmm. chance for an athlete to be able to go on a stage that they're usually not able to go on to. Like, it uh, promotes businesses that want to invest in that, whether it be a local business or like a conglomerate. And it's like, I think it's all around just great for the sport. And then, but like, I, I do think the FBS player should be a little bigger just so you can like shake things up. It's like, how did people feel about the NBA when it was just LeBron versus staff in the finals for six years? So it's like, people get tired of it.
2: My thing is, now, yeah. since I don't have, I can't give you like looking at it from, from the NCAA's point of view, who's the, the greediest organization in the entire world. I don't, I can't Probably. tell you why they wouldn't want to do it. Cause it's Me only, neither. it's only going to make more money. It's only going to make more money, so much more games,
1: more. games. Yeah, it's more like, television. Like it I don't, only I don't
2: it only helps, but the only thing like, and I'm talking about like years, I've been thinking about this for years, you know, this podcast a year old we've been talking about with, with college football players for over a year, like, I, the only thing I can think of that actually like, and it doesn't even make sense, but the only reason I can see it is because of control. Cause they want to control. Cause they're like, we, we, we want to expand it. when well, We want to expand it. That's the only thing that makes sense. Cause you're going to yeah. make more money. If it's a money thing, you're going to make way more money if you expand it.
1: Yeah. I'm really trying it's like, I guess that would make them the only thing that would make sense. Cause like, like you said, it wouldn't be a money thing cause you'd make more money you'd make teams happy, but I mean, like, they're not out here to make teams happy, so it's like...
2: Oh, yeah, they don't give a shit about
1: that. I really can't think of any downside to it, but, again, that's why I'm not making rules for the NCAA. Like, obviously, I have no insight compared to them. I don't, you know, play football.
2: It's so weird that they're, like, against that, but yet they're cool with NIL and letting you guys make your own money.
1: Dude, they're barely cool with NIL. They did not want that for the longest, like... Honestly, like, I think they're going to put some restrictions on it sometime soon. And I think they should, honestly. I really do think they should. Yeah, to an extent, 100%. Like, because, like, I feel like it's not good for, like, a young kid to be, like, because I think about this, like, when you have a lawmaker trying to put in, like, a law, you can't, like, you can't accompany that, like, hey, I'll pay the state $20 billion if you put this law into effect, because, like, that's just coercion. Like, you're literally just persuading them with money. And it's, like, it's the same thing with a kid. Like, if you offer a 16-year-old multi-million dollars, like, yes, most things sixteen year olds do are like chill with friends, go to movies, and like play video games and sports. Exactly, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna be persuaded by more than six figures. Like, Dude, I'm 20 I years like
2: old now. I'm 22 years old, and I couldn't even tell you what I would do with a million dollars. I could let. I couldn't even imagine no. myself graduating high school. What I would have done then? When I graduated high school, I thought I knew everything. I was so entitled and so cocky. I thought I knew everything, and then one year of college, I was like, "Wow, I know nothing." I couldn't even imagine, imagine what it'd been like if they were like, here's five million dollars.
1: Yeah, like right now i put it mostly in savings, like being adult about it. But like at 17, like, yep, yeah, I'm gonna buy a nice car. Like,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna flex it. I'm gonna go out of the club and buy drinks for everybody. Like I would have done some stupid shit with it.
1: Yeah, so That's it's like it. I feel like it would uh, could be detrimental to an extent. But at the same time, I'm all for athletes getting paid and like getting their bread when they can. But like just knowing the NCAA, they're just not gonna let it slide because it's probably gonna collude sports a little too much. But mm, I still think kids should be able to get paid for whenever, like, whenever they can and whenever they should
2: No, I'm all – dude, I am all for college football players. Getting yeah. Beat. College yeah. athletes get paid. I'm all for that. But I think there needs to be some aspect of fair. Like – Yeah. It, what it is right now is it became a free agency and it's turned college football from collegiate to semi-pro. That's what it has. It's That's what it's done. It's turned into yeah. semi-pro league. And, and you're going to lose – you know, one reason why we love college football so much is because the legacy, the history – you know, the rivalries, you're going to lose all those if you keep shoving, if you're letting kids get deals with McLaren and stuff like that. Like you can't, you can't be doing that. What I do think you should do though, is let these kids get these deals, but there should be a stipend cap. They should be like, you can't have a deal worth more than 200,000. Or like you can't, like there should be like a a cap based on your conference and school. Like obviously a kid at Ohio state should be making more than a kid at Bowling Green. Like, like that's just because it's resources and stuff. But I also think you should be able to make a percentage of your likeliness based on jersey sales and and stuff that the school's selling. I just don't think we should have kids that are making ten million dollars a year playing football.
1: What do you have like a Heisman in bowling green?
2: If you get a, if, mm-hmm. if there's a Heisman in bowling green, Nelson, I will I will literally drop out of school. I'll drop out of everything I'm doing and I will just become your agent for free. I'll do it. <laughs>
1: if bowling green That's is like Heisman,
2: I will literally just stop doing everything I do and I will just go work at the university. I'll go start working
0: man, means transferable Bowling green.
2: And now you're seeing, That's, Zach and I just saw an article the other day that was like, the state of Texas is now, their legislation is now reviewing to see if they should do NIL deals for high schoolers.
1: It's like, bro. Yeah. Because bro. That, that can actually take away from, like, a kid's education. Like, at that point, it's like. That's what it do with Quinney, or is he really skipped his senior year of high school for right. NILs? Because, like, think about this, like, we know kids are like, they commit, like, because baseball's an early recruiting, like, say kids commit super early, like. At that point, school's not really a priority anymore for them. It's just like, all right, I'm locked in. Like, I'm going to college. Imagine you get paid millions of dollars as a sophomore. Like, I'm not going to class, bro. Like, Yeah,
2: what? I am done with school. Like, what am I going to go get a degree for? I have $10 million already.
1: Like, At that point, you could really just not go to college and be like, all
0: right, I'm chilling. Like, I don't have to really do anything.
1: It's
2: getting a little out of the
0: question. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's also crazy because, like, I mean, at least from my experience, there were plenty of kids – I knew with like greedy parents or like parents that didn't have the same set expectations as their kids. So if you pass that legislation off to allow high schoolers to win, it's literally just all based off what their parents want for them. Like those kids really yeah, don't have that a say. Cool. Yeah. yeah, like and lawsuits
2: and lawsuits and lawsuits.
1: Yeah. Force like, your kids to be like a star and they're like, I really just want to paint. Like, please stop. Well, that I'm just happens, six that years. happens <laughs> to child actors a lot where like they'll, they'll pay the kid
2: and the parents will take the money. And they're like why well, yeah, I'm Like, imagine if your like, kid is like, like actually like, like even though you're the parent, legality-wise, the check was written out to the kid.
1: Yeah, yeah. like imagine if you're like six-five, bro. Like, you're really just like you're in the artistic things, or maybe you don't even want to play sports, you just want to like chill. And then your parents, like, oh, you're six five, we're gonna get a bag. Like, yeah. you're now <laughs> off of the tackle. And then you like, started. Like, do like, doing push-ups, Johnny. All right, dad's <laughs> trying to dad's trying to get you to college. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> So it was like, that would suck if a kid sprouted up and like, yeah, just being in a sport, like you could get stars for simply just being large. So like that could, I don't know what that could lead to.
2: No, literally dude. Yeah. There's, there's kids that get eye offers all the time. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean,
0: do y'all know about like the Todd Marinovich story at all? That sounds, so, oh yeah the, yeah. the USC guy. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is like how I view it is like, so Todd Marinovich uh, from birth, his dad was going to make him a football player. Like since he was a baby, he made him eat a sh- super strict diet, which stretch him out all the time. Like would make him train football since the moment he came out of the womb. His only life had ever been football. This kid didn't party. That is that dad picked every
2: girl he dated. He picked every yeah. meal he ate. He picked
0: every class he took. He everything. Everything. It was like a player. Yeah. So then this guy goes to USC. and's like a big, be- obviously coach. he was yeah. discussing like, yeah, he became like one of the like best a study. Yeah. Yeah. But then when he went to USC, because he had never like been alone and been in an environment where he could like do what he wanted, he immediately got addicted to cocaine and heroin. Like immediately. This man had the craziest story ever. So after he didn't make it for the Raiders because he kept doing like so much meth and stuff, this man went to the like arena football league, did me- threw five touchdowns and a half. Did meth in the locker room came out, shit his pants during a game and threw two more touchdowns to break the record for most touchdowns in a game. This man threw seven touchdowns on meth and shitting his pants because he was wild. so good at football. Oh but God. I anyway, the only reason I bring up that story is you kind of see how like what happens if you don't let like these kids like dictate their own future. Like you can only love a sport so much, or you can only like have your kid be interested in a sport like so much before like you start pushing it on them. So I feel like by adding more stipends to like these younger kids, it's only going to put them in like increasingly difficult situations. Like, yeah, the money may appear good now, but you're only setting them up for failure if they're not like financially literate or like if they don't know like how to properly spend their money. So, I mean, hopefully they don't do it because I mean, even now, Grayson, we were looking at that website where like they literally list your NIL market value based off what team you would go to. Like, dude, of course, I'm going to look at what school I'd make the most money at. Like at that point, Screw the system. I don't care about what system I'm going to. If I'm good enough, I'm gonna earn millions anyway. Like, why are you why are you even playing the game of football anymore? Like you're yeah, just you doing it for money.
2: You can't force your kid to love a sport. You can't can, yeah. you can yeah. guide his love if he's obsessed with it and he's like, Dad, I want to be the best. You can guide it, but you can't force them to love a sport.
0: No, exactly. You can't do that. Yeah. Another thing I just found out, uh, trying to look up this like. Todd Murnovich story. Apparently, there was another ex-USC football player that was sentenced to 21 years, Owen Hansen, because he ran a drug trafficking and gambling empire, earning millions of dollars and servicing clients at USC. Jeez. That's crazy. Solid. That's a that's a solid college career right there. But hey, listen. hey.
2: Um, Nelson, thanks for coming on, my brother. Uh we
0: going to wrap bro.
2: this up. So, yeah. Wait,
0: I got one oh, more question. There.
2: One more thing.
0: I got one more. How many fifth graders Nelson would it take to stop you from sacking a quarterback? <sighs> like are how
1: they lined up? We have them just like All
0: offense that right. are like right. you Are we in pads? Wait, <laughs> wait. Are there are, is he in pads or is it no pads? Every everyone's padded. You you show up to a TBYFL like fifth grade <laughs> game. <laughs> You can have you're standing on the goal line and their quarterback is on the 50 and you just have as many of them surrounding him in a bro. wall. How many how many is it going to take of them fifth graders to stop you from demolishing that toddler? Do we have like rules like can he like hold can they
1: hold me or like
0: is it just uh, no, like, it's
2: a, it's, a, it's it's literally just get him.
0: Get them oh, They God, like they, know, like a guy just like blows a whistle from like the heavens and they're just like murder. There's like red um, I
1: don't know bro like ah uh. Dude, I'm trying to think what's how tell our fifth graders average Real like I don't maybe know. Fifth
2: grader, they're 10 years old. So we're gonna look at let's go with five, five, four, four, ten to five, two, sixty to eighty to five pounds. I would have to go
1: ten plus, probably maybe like twenty.
2: I, you know I thing, I like, I'd give you 15
1: at minimum, minimum 15. Think like, thing this, if we're talking, like, at this age, they, they're, they're, they can coordinate. They can coordinate things, like, attacks. They play Fortnite, all right? They get, like, all jump on my legs. And you
2: then you at that point... You literally murdered one of them with one hit. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I'm
2: saying, like, if they coordinate... If there's, like, grab if there's, one space like, mask and you take the body the other. Okay, one. so
1: there's no rules. There's, there's no, no, no rules. It's just, like, crush no, the just carrier. Mm, that's a big field, too. I... You're definitely faster. That's what I'm saying. Now, if, we, if it's like whole field, the though. more we talk, the higher the number is going. That's be. what I'm saying. The more like, because like yeah. they'd have to like maybe do like a Red Rover all the way across the field. That's one deep. <laughs> There's like one sacrificial so kid. Like you have to go out and We're gonna stop him from.
0: It should. It's just. It's um, just in- a million clubs like just <laughs> over the top like just so hurling kids bro like you just take off and just, you could, oh yeah rolling. you definitely
2: could hurdle a fifth grader you could hurdle a fifth grader
1: I would say now would think maybe close to 30 40 like if you really had a kid at just the middle of the logo i the think I think if you woke up feeling dangerous that day and
2: you were like i'm gonna I'm getting this quarterback I think you could do 50.
1: I really do it's it really reasonable. would, suck. Suck. It, it, would like, it
2: would not be easy
1: it would suck but I think you could do it I think it's possible because other the thing, like they really have to like block him. Yeah, because they can like they can run up to you and hit you all they want, but you could just stiff arm them to the freaking hell. Like, but like at the same time, like some could really just be standing on the other side of the field, like they'd have to get through other people. Mm, yeah, I would say forty. That's I the think my, no, my, my best my way
2: answer. would be come at you in waves. I think if they all came at you at once, you could like find a pack. But I think if they sent like ten at a time. I think that'd be their best their best way to stopping you.
0: I think I think he would turn all ten of them into bowling pins simultaneously if they <laughs> went in waves of ten. They, okay, would, they would have of, to waves of twenty, down.
1: waves of twenty. If one gets on his back, that's the best chance. They got to get the leg. If one gets yeah. a leg, if one gets a leg, you're sl- you're immediately slower, and now you're just getting jumped. Hey, but you, you got to have
2: nonstop feet this whole time. If you plant your
1: dead, no, he's like you he really just got to run. You got to run. So I would say, humbly, forty. We're spread across fifty yards, like dispersed. I think I find my way through because, like, eh, unless they're a big fifth grader, like, yeah,
2: but I think even I, a big fifth grader is five four hundred pounds. It,
0: no, that's what says, I'm saying. But yeah. imagine
2: like
1: twenty big fifth graders, like maybe they could slow you down. It's i not really even it's big though, though. bro. That's not even how tall big. is fifty six inches.
0: How tall huh? is fifty six inches? Uh five 50. four something, five something. It says the average fifth grader is fifty six inches. It's four six. Okay, I. It, there's not a four, six toddler on the planet that could yeah, stop yeah. Nelson. Yeah, and no, that's fair. Yeah, dude, um, yeah I'm This big, number I'm is just getting bigger. bigger. It's just getting bigger.
1: I would say 40-50 just because, like, I would give them the benefit of being able to coordinate. Like, yeah, all right, guys, you're, let's you're, go. you're human. You'll get tired.
2: Like, if they kick you in the shin, it's going to hurt. Like, there's, there's little things to count. Yeah, they could cheap shots you, like. Yeah, for so, sure.
1: Okay. i say 40-50. Let's go 45. Humbly, you know. Zach,
2: what is your final number? I'm going with 50. Not for me, for Nelson. Not for me.
1: Yeah. I'm go, uh, it's great. If he says 50, I'm going to go 40. I'll take that. All right. Yeah. I'd yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'll, I'll sit 50. I'll 50. sit 50. We're going yeah, to
1: 45. We'll be in the middle.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> i on 45 fifth graders and get a football. Yeah. Yes. Perfect.
0: That's fair enough. Yeah.
2: Nelson, thanks for coming on, bro. It's been a long time trying to get you on. I know everything's been so busy with, like, Harvard and then Villanova and then Duke and, like, COVID stuff. But, hey, really appreciate it, man. Um, Keep us posted. I mean, we'll talk to the season. We'd love to get you on again, you know, at the end of the season and stuff and recap everything and just get, like, you
1: know, just talk some football again with you, man. Thanks for having me on, bro. It's been great. Uh, definitely keep you posted and just let me know. Hell, yeah. Thank yep. you. Bill. See you guys. Take it easy.